Genesis 41 to 23. The title of our sermon is Gifts of Purpose. Gifts of Purpose. There is a purpose for everything under heaven. What we're going through, there is a purpose. And God has a purpose for the life of Joseph. As we have been sharing, God has chosen him to preserve the known world at that time, including the race of the Jews or the sons of Jacob or the sons of Israel. There would be a famine so severe, but before Joseph could take the leadership role, he had to be prepared by God. Can you say after me, preparation? preparation. God, God, say it again, God, God prepares, me prepares me for his purpose. Everything that you will go through, if you always put God at the center of your life, remember, Joseph did not once complain what happened to him. Joseph did not once speak against God despite the very bad things that happened to his life. He was the favorite of his father, yet his brothers wanted to kill him. Reuben, the eldest, wanted to save him. But what happened instead was he was sold to the Ishmaelites as a slave. As a slave, he was brought into Potiphar's household. But Joseph made the most of being a slave. He became a good slave. Enough that Potiphar the chief bodyguard of Pharaoh, entrusted to him everything. Entrusted to him everything, his household, his farm or whatever engagement that Potiphar had. In fact, the Bible said that Potiphar only had to concern himself with the food that he would eat. Joseph was an amazing person, excellent work ethic, not one complaint. He just made the most of the situation. And for me personally, I am, in, am inspired because he was a leader in the making. How do you spot a leader early on in life? One thing you see is they make the most of every opportunity to serve. And they, their bosses, have very little or no complaints against them because they work well. They have excellent work ethic. From there, being the chief of staff of Potiphar in all that belonged to him, except the wife. The, the wife, Potiphar's wife, saw that Joseph was handsome and perhaps that leadership skill was, was evident in everything he did. So she tried to seduce Joseph. And the Bible said every day. And as we mentioned before, I cannot believe that an Egyptian woman who is in a good position as wife of the chief bodyguard would be ugly. I would believe that she was attractive in her own right, 
and we know that Egypt was the number one in the world in terms of cosmetics in those days. The Bible said every day he seduced Joseph. But Joseph replied, how can I sin against my God and against my master Potiphar? So he kept rejecting the offer of Potiphar's wife until one day he was framed for rape. Potiphar could have killed Joseph to preserve his honor. However, we believe, I believe that he threw him in the dungeon because he perhaps doubted his wife's claim. He could not believe that Joseph would do that. Perhaps he said, I know this boy. I know this person. This would not be done by this person. So he was put in a dungeon, and I think it was the first class prison then. Why? That's where they send the, uh, the officials. When they do something wrong, they're sent there. So probably it was a first class prison. But while in prison, Joseph made the most of everything to a point that the chief jailer trusted him and put him in charge of something. So I say, my friends, to us, we have to make the most of everything. Stop complaining. Stop comparing. Stop harboring any bitterness or hurt against anybody. He could have harbored and become depressed and committed suicide because from daddy's favorite, from a rich kid becoming a slave, then his life was getting better and then boom, framed for rape, ended up in the dungeon. But you know what? God's plan was unfolding. God's plan was unfolding. It was actually getting better. Sometimes when the human eye sees it's getting worse, sometimes in the eyes of God, you're getting closer. So not all bad things are bad things. Some bad things that happen to us are there for a purpose. And we know that Joseph had a very high responsibility. And you know, sometimes the higher the responsibility, the tougher the process to sharpen us. And God had to use his own brothers so that he would learn, I believe, to forgive and not to have any bitterness. And the, the matter is that they will face each other one day. And his dream would come true. That all his relatives will bow down to him in God's time. God had to use Potiphar's wife to send him to the dungeon, to the prison. Sometimes God uses, and he remained faithful. He said no. Sometimes remaining faithful to the Lord will get us into trouble. In the book of Acts, while they remained faithful, the disciples remained faithful. Some of them were sent to prison. Some of them were beaten up. Sometimes remaining faithful to God might give, bring us to more difficult situations. However, that is the path 
of Christ. He suffered for us. And he said to, to James and John, are you able to drink of the cup? Because James and John said, we want to sit on your left and on your right, in the places of authority, the places of honor. Uh, but Jesus said, it's not mine to give you, but can you drink the cup? Can you follow my path? So I tell us, friends, the path of Christ, following Christ, involves a lot of trials. But the more we learn in every trial we overcome, he brings us to the next step. You see, Joseph was a good son, but being spoiled will not make him the leader of the known world at that time. No, no, that doesn't happen. He had to go through something. So he understood the life of a slave. He understood what it meant to be betrayed by the people he loved. He understood what it meant to you improve and you were living righteously and then you were framed and you paid the consequence of something you did not do. He had to experience injustice so that when he would be in position, he would fight for justice. But hey, we're no Joseph. We complain every day, right? What have you complained about recently, huh? Have you complained about anything recently? Oh, no, no. Make a list. Listen to yourself. Sometimes we don't listen to ourselves. We complain about our teacher who's not even making us suffer. Well, yes, yeah, suffer intellectually maybe, but not physically. We were not framed for rape or anything. Uh, what are our complaints today? Do we claim, complain about uh, parents who discipline us, who are sometimes not listening to us properly? Do we complain about that? You don't know Joseph's life. We are no Joseph, but we can be. Do you want the maximum of God's destiny in your life to be fulfilled? If you want it, then our hearts must be in line with what God wants us to think and feel at every moment. Revenge would have been something good for the heart, we think. Or to harbor unforgiveness. I will remember what you did to me. And one day you shall pay. God gives us opportunities, right? To have the right attitude, but not only the right attitude, but to use the gifts that God gave us. Can, can you say, I have gifts from the Lord? Yes. What do, we do, what do we mean by gifts? I'm not talking about material things. That's part of it. But I'm talking about things you've learned in life. Things we've learned in life are gifts of God to us. It could be a a special talent, a supernatural gift, or something we develop because of work. These are God's gifts to us. And God gives us opportunities to use our gifts to bless others. God gives us opportunities to use our gifts to bless others, both in the body of Christ and in the world we live in. We have to look for the opportunities but of course, we have to know, what do we know now? 
well, maybe we all know how to clean, right? Do you know how to clean? How to sweep the floor, right? Why not begin there, huh? Uh, do you know how to pick up a trash and throw it in a trash basket? Can you do that? If you can do that, I want this building squeaky clean, all right? If you see these kids, teach these kids, our kids, not to throw paper candy in this building. And if you see one, pick it up. We shall pick it up. Understood? And if you have trash, don't throw it outside the window of your car or jeepney. Put it in your pocket until you see a trash can. Understood? Don't be like the others. And if you smoke, swallow it. <laughs> Don't litter or, or, or bring another box just to throw it. Look for a trash can. We look, we have other gifts. Some of us are given the gift of music. Some of us are given the gift of organization. We have different gifts, but we need action. Some people talk, 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 talk. We want to do, 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 do. Can you say do? There was this, you know, I've been listening to these different business gurus. And some would say, you have to do something about it. Have the initiative. Do it. Don't sit around. Make things happen. Just do it. Then I heard another business guru, you know the problem with us? We do a lot of things, but we forgot about being. We are not human doings. We are human beings. If you have a good heart, you will do something good. If you have a, a clean perspective, a clean mind, you will act on it because of who you are. We are believers. We want to serve. We want to use our gifts. You don't wait for somebody. You volunteer your gift. You don't say, Oh, I'm too shy to volunteer my gift. And now it's up to them. You see, if you're just going to sit there and think in your mind what should be, what should be, what should be, well, show me. Do. Do. So I long learned when I was young, my father said, every time I go to his office, I have a statement for everything. The latest magazine he made, not good. This, mm, <laughs> and and uh, they said, you know, you should be a manager of a hotel because you're, you're such a critic of every little thing. So from that moment, I learned to be more quiet. And I learned to observe more before I make a statement. And listening and observing, I realized, helped me a lot in my life in my family and professionally, 
to observe and to listen carefully. By using our God-given abilities and talents, we walk into God's plan to fulfill His purpose in our lives. Listen to me. God's purpose will not happen in your life if you just pray. Oh, I, I believe in prayer. Please do pray. But once you use it for the kingdom of God, and the best expression is what the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, the community of believers. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 12, it was clear the purpose of the gifts is to build the body of Christ. We walk into God's purpose in our lives. We use our gifts. And from these gifts, we allow God to improve these gifts. Can you say improve? Please improve. Oh, come on. Sometimes, sorry, you got, that, you got it right. Some of us, we have the same gifts for 10 years and we never added anything to it. We never sharpened it. We never took additional courses about it. We just did what we used to do for 10 years. We're not improving. It's the same thing I hear from you. It's the same thing I see in you. But if we want to fulfill God's purpose in our lives, part of it is continuously improving on what we have or adding new things, learning new things. The skills that God gave you right now has a purpose. And if you want your destiny, God's purpose to be fulfilled, you have to start stepping out and using some of those gifts. Some of those gifts, and then most of those gifts. Don't use it for selfishness. Is it just for me? Why I have these gifts? Did God give you gifts just so that you can just enjoy it for yourself. It is meant to be shared for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. You want to develop new skills? Yes, go ahead. Will your family benefit? They should. Praise God. Because God wants you to bless your family. But not just the family, the kingdom of God. Conversely, our inactivity to seek opportunities to use our God-given capabilities does not please God. Let me say that again. Our inactivity, our doing nothing, our doing nothing to seek opportunities to use our God-given capabilities does not please God. In fact, the opposite should happen. We have to use the talents and gifts for God so that God may be pleased. And we have to do it in faith. It is our pursuit to be a blessing that opens many doors. Listen, friends. If we pursue to be a blessing to many, it opens doors for us. It opens doors. I remember when I was starting as a speaker, I had no name. Who in the world is ERP, Ed Pilapil Jr., who is he? In some parts of the Philippines, it is known because my father was known in his circles. But in many parts, the junior was not known. So what did I do? I volunteered. 
I volunteered to speak in different schools with no pay. I just kept volunteering, just kept sharing to develop my skill. And I just did it again and again and again. Until somebody heard about me and said, can you be our speaker? Oh, this time with pay. Then I didn't know how to charge. Oh my. He's asking me, how much? And I was very, this was the, the 90s. So I was saying, ah. So I gave a number, uh, 15,000. And they didn't blink. Okay. I should have asked more. <laughs> uh, then with what I learned, I shared to that company. And they came back to me after three months. Had, the president had coffee with me. Ed, Ed, after your talk, we earned 15 million. I said, I asked only 15,000. <laughs> then one day, a major organizer invited me to be a speaker, so I, I said yes. Then to our surprise, we filled the ballroom of Dusit. The ballroom, my first outing in the Philippines. The ballroom, we earned a million in one day. So the organizers were surprised. Where did they, all these come from? So they did a survey about where, how did you hear about us? Oh, wh when you sent the email that Ed Pilato Jr. is speaking, we know him because when I was young, he, he was a speaker in our school. After many years, what you sow, you reap. And our gifts, if we use it, will open doors, if not now, in the future. Some of us think it differently. Oh, he's asking me to volunteer. He's abusing my talent. You think you're that good already? Really? Hey, one thing I learned is know your place. Don't think higher than you should about yourself. Not lower either because that is false humility. Higher than what you think that is pride and arrogance. Hey, you have to pursue. We have to pursue to be a blessing to others. Is that okay? You want your lives to improve? <laughs> you have to do it. Sometimes when the boss says, hey, hey, can you help in this? I think you, in your resume, you, you, in your, uh, you had a, a, another skill like this. Can you help us? Huh. You're asking me to help, not increasing my salary. <laughs> Why should I help? It's not in my job description. You got it reverse. Sure, some will abuse you. As they abuse Joseph. Of course they will. That's what the world does. Abuse one another. But then you have to use that like you practice martial arts. You use that energy, their energy to your benefit. Okay, I will help you. And I will keep helping you. I will use this to develop my skill while using their money. Then you get to practice. Then if you make a mistake, 
oh, it's okay, it's not your main job anyway. Ha! You found an opportunity to practice. Then you say, let's try again. Then they give you another budget. Then you try, then you get better and better. And, and now because you added another skill, you can now go online for these short-term projects and you get paid in dollars because you had another skill. You see, God gave Joseph an opportunity to use his God-given abilities to dream and to interpret dreams. To dream and to interpret dreams. In this text, that what we read, we observe that he had to interpret two dreams, right? The first for Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, and the second for Pharaoh's chief baker. The accurate interpretation will be significant in giving Joseph an audience with the most powerful man in the world at that time. So remember the story. So he was in charge of that area. And there were these two officials who offended Pharaoh, sent to the prison, this first-class prison. And then from this first-class prison, they both had a dream. And they were troubled by it. And Joseph had that gift. And he said, tell me the dream. And he, it was so accurate. He said that the chief baker would die. And the cupbearer would be restored. And it happened, and he said, when this happens, say something nice about me to Pharaoh. Do not forget me. But the cupbearer forgot, right? Well, I think he tried to forget. You know why? Perhaps he was in the dungeon, maybe because he talked too much. No, maybe. So maybe, you know, you don't volunteer information to a king if you're not being asked. You know, oh, king, my opinion is, shut up. You're always interrupting me, you know? So he maybe did not say it, and he just waited for the opportune time. And when the opportune time came, when Pharaoh had his dream, and all his magicians could not interpret the dream, then it was a perfect timing for the cupbearer to say, I know a Hebrew who was so accurate with his interpretation. Oh, Pharaoh, you may want to meet him. Bring me this Hebrew. And it was so accurate. The gift of God in him. Amazing, right? But if he said, well, life's not too good to me. Why should I help anybody? Oh, they had a dream. I know the interpretation. But why should I say it to you? Huh? Give me money first. Help me out of this situation. And perhaps I'll do you something good. Got it reversed. Yeah, a problem with many of us is like that. And I have observed that in the companies. The employees. They don't develop their skills anymore, and they don't contribute. They just do what their job tells them to do, and sometimes a little less. But not the extra mile. Not a little more so that they will have the edge in terms of what? 
you know, if you are very helpful and you give the extra mile, somebody somehow will observe that. And God in his time will bless you. God in his time will open the doors for you. Uh, but if you wait for the highest salary, sometimes it never comes, right? You need to go to step one and do your best in step one before you can go to step two, and then you do your best in step two, and then step three and step four. And as you develop your gifts and skills, it branches out. I was being asked by, I was speaking in, in Shangri-La, I think two years ago. So there was, there was around 300 professionals there, organized by a friend of mine. And uh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic that, that, that time. So when it, after my turn to speak, there was question and answer. So I was, I was asked, uh, I'm starting my own accounting firm. How do I start this? I said, you need a folder, a portfolio of clients. But if you're a nobody, you offer them free just to put their name in your portfolio. No matter what, just say, can I help you in this? And you, can you just give a good word about me? Build it up. And as you have it thick, then people will see you have track record. But do your best. They should say something good about you after you work. Whether it's an audit, whether it's making the financial statements, you do your best. But if you're in a hurry to make the big bucks now, mm, sound familiar? I hope it's not us, right? Oh, there's nothing wrong with earning a lot, but you earn it properly. Earn the stripes. You can't fight the heavyweight champion of the world if you're not even a heavyweight. You cannot fight anybody unless you fought the nobody. It's like in chess. You will never get better unless you lose a lot. Why? Because you have to fight the best ones. And the more you fight them, actually, the more you lose. But the more you understand the game. Application, God will give us the opportunity to help people in need. There is such a thing as divine appointment. Can you say divine appointment? We must make the most of these opportunities. Say it again, divine appointment. Don't listen to people who, who feed you with low-mindedness, you know, narrow thinking. But you believe that God will set up divine appointments and you do your best there. Being part of this church is a divine appointment. Do what you can. I remember one time, a brother once upon a time asked my help for something. And I just helped this brother out. He was losing his business. So I said, you better close it down. But you know what? These are the strengths you develop as I observed your story, as I listened. These are the things you can do. And it became so clear to him. And he said, how much? Don't pay me. God allowed me to meet you so we can help one another, right? 
after many years have passed, what I didn't know was he was following me online. There was no Facebook yet. I just wrote in WordPress my thoughts about business and leadership. What I didn't know, he was one who followed all the time. And one time he sent me a message, bro, do you remember me? My friend needs you. And I realized it's a friend who makes, who sells a billion a year. And by God's grace, I had the opportunity to serve as a consultant there as a president slash consultant for a year. But how much did it return me? A lot. From zero payment to a lot. But how did it happen? Were they abusing me as a pastor brother asking now business advice? Sure. But I didn't see it that way. The world might see it that way. I see it as one brother helping another brother. And these things open doors. So brothers and sisters, what are we here for? We are here to help one another and open the doors for one another. Huh? That's why we want to meet you. That's why I want to have coffee with you with my group. Middle-aged guy, if you're middle-aged and above, we meet Monday, 2nd and 4th, and there are other groups here. Why do we want to meet to develop a godly relationship with one another? Because as we help one another, as we know one another, then doors might be open for us here. Let us cultivate God's gifts to continue... Continuously, I mean, so that God may use them at the appointed time. Develop the skills, develop the gifts, so that God may use it at the appointed time. Oh, you see, Joseph had to be a good servant of his father, reporting what the brothers were doing. And then he had to be a good slave, and he had to be a good manager to Pharaoh. And then he was sent to prison, and he had to be a good manager in prison so that he would be trusted by the chief jailer. And then he would become the second most powerful man in Egypt. In fact, he was given the signet ring. Well, you know what that means? Pharaoh would be a symbolic monarch while he would be prime minister, running the nation at the appointed time. But if you don't develop the skills you have, even when the opportunity comes, you will not be ready. Several times I was given this task. Ed, I need a vice president. House, car, name it, education, travel the world. Send their resumes here. So I walked around, moved around. I went to my Friends, and so these are the skills required. The opportunity was there. But none were prepared for it. Don't say there are no opportunities. You have no opportunities because your skill level is so low. You don't read books. You don't learn from mentors. You don't learn from others who know more than you in this congregation. That's why you're here. So when the opportunity like this magnitude comes... You have no way to connect with it. So you complain, no opportunities for my life here. There's always opportunity if you're the right person. We may pursue further training 
and we may volunteer to use our gifts to bless others. Ah, can you say to your neighbor, I want to bless you in Jesus' name. Say to another neighbor, I want to bless you in Jesus' name. Cultivate God's gifts. You know what? I am under pressure to continuously study and read more for our sake here. Hmm? You don't want a pastor who recycles the messages, right? You want a pastor, you just, oh, gee, I'm so tired of listening to this pastor. I'm so sleepy. I want to go home. Oh, no, no. That joke he's saying, I'm the one who told him that. I have to keep studying both the spiritual things and the secular things. I cannot stop. Why? Because one day you'll find me useless. I hope now I'm not yet useless to you, right? Now, of course, you're still here. Huh? Amen? Please don't be useless. You know what useless is? When the uh, computer accounting came once upon a time, the, so many CPAs had to retire early. You know why? They could not adopt. They became obsolete and useless. Do not be obsolete and do not be useless. That's why I am always amazed when I see 70-year-old plus guys who do excel so well, more, better than me. I said, where did you learn that? And he said, my daughter, you never stop learning. Nobody stops learning. You think you know the Bible? I want us to study exposition. Here in this church, we want to preach exposition, not topical. What's exposition? I never, we look for the intent of the author. The author of the first five books is Moses. What is the intent of the author? Why he wrote this chapter? Why did he write this? There must be a purpose. I will not give my own interpretation to it unless I find out what the purpose was. So we study background. We study culture. We study word meanings. Then it becomes clear. That is studying God's word. Enough of the cheap interpretations that can lead to being to, to cultic teachings. You see, in some preacher used it this way. You already believed it. You know what we have to do? Like the Bereans. Is it really? Uh, let, let me check the context again. Is that really what it said? Joseph here is about God's purpose. The overall picture is to save Israel. The race where Messiah would be born. And they had to bring, God had to bring Israel from Canaan so that they will not be influenced by intermarriage of idolatry in Canaan. They must be brought to Egypt because Egyptians, though idolaters, does not want to intermarry with the Hebrews. They would be preserved. That's the overall picture. We never lose that picture when we look at the micro stories of Joseph. That's how to study God's word. 
So please don't be so proud because every student like me cannot be proud at this because the more I know, the more I realize what I don't know. But those who think they know don't realize that they know nothing. Further training is necessary. Volunteer our gifts. Can you write down at home your gifts and talents? And find a way to contribute it, not to evade. You know evasion? Oh, uh, don't you have a... Don't you have some leadership background in your past? Yeah, 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 Ed. No, 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 I don't want to volunteer in church. Don't worry, I just want you to lead the cleanup crew. <laughs> and it's a short term, but I need it. I need somebody to train the others in different skills. I need somebody to step up. Even if people forget or disappoint us, I'll close with this. Let us trust that God will fulfill his plan in our lives. The chief cupbearer forgot about Joseph. People will disappoint us. He had to wait. Joseph was sold when he was 17 years old. And he became the second most powerful man in the world when he was 30 years old. 13 years of agony. If people disappoint us, do not focus on the person. The more you focus on them, the more depressing it becomes. We focus on the God who orders our steps. The God who unfolds his plan in our lives. That is what we focus on. Oh, I was mistreated by this group. Okay, learn your lesson and forget it. Trust God now for the next step. I was fired, and it, I was unjustly fired. Uh, sure, file a case if you want, and let the case happen if you want. But then, what's the next step? Stop thinking about it. The more you think of, of the bad past, you cannot see the purpose of God, which is much, much better. Uh, it would have been so exciting, you know, Joseph preserving this grain. How do you preserve grain for seven years? Let me ask you. Do you know how? So there was this Jew, one of my clients, former clients. They preserve grain and they reduce the spoilage to 5%. And they say, they claim it can last for years. So I said to the Jew, the president, he's based in Subic, said, explain the technology to me. He said, it's very simple. Don't you read Joseph? Oh, yeah, I read Joseph. Same. How did he preserve it? He said, lower the moisture. Once you shut it down, no air can come inside, no zero oxygen level. Low moisture or no moisture, zero oxygen level, the bacteria will die. It will not be spoiled. Nobody should open it, nobody, until it will be used. So that's what they did. In different cities, they created smaller pockets of where they store it. Instead of Huge silos, it's in the Bible, in every strategic city, he spread it, Joseph spread it, and locked it. And at the opportune time, he opened it. They said, the Jew, you know, they're really good businessmen, right? Huh? Uh, you want to be a good businessman? 
You don't look at Confucius. You don't look at Lao Tzu. The richest in the world today, it's the Jewish people. And you know what they read, what they study? It's the Old Testament. Their business principles are founded in the Old Testament. People will disappoint you. Maybe they already have. Maybe I disappointed you. Can you forgive me? Oh, maybe I will disappoint you. Can you forgive me in advance? Is that okay? Can I take your forgiveness on credit? Your neighbor, your friend around you here, your closest friends might disappoint you. Family members, brothers, sisters might disappoint you. But don't dwell in that. That's life. It means you're alive. And God will unfulfill his purpose in your life. Keep using your gifts to bless others. Let us rise and let us pray. Father, thank you for your grace, for your goodness. Thank you for the gifts you have given us and allow us to use these gifts for your purpose. That the, the purpose in our lives would unfold. That things you have predestined in us like Joseph would happen. But give us the right attitude like Joseph. Trusting in you, not complaining. Making the most of every situation, no matter how bad it looks. Using the gifts you gave us. Harnessing it, developing it. So one day, if we are faithful in small things, you will allow us to manage bigger things. We praise you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.